In this episode, I'm chatting with the one and only Greg Mercer of Jungle Scout, where we dive into how to have an insanely successful Q4 and holiday selling season on Amazon. Let's get after it. Hey, hey, everybody. How the heck are you doing? Thanks for tuning in to episode number 140 of the Private Labeler Show. I'm your host, Nick Landowski, and I hope you guys are having a great day. And I also hope you are taking tons of action and working hard in your business to close out the year strong. So as I record this, guys, we are in Q4 officially. It is about to get crazy in a very short period of time. Uh, we got a little bit of time to prepare, though, for the madness of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that stuff that is right around the corner, and that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. And I am super excited for today's episode because I am going to be joined shortly by the one and only Greg Mercer of Jungle Scout. Now, I think this is actually like the third or the fourth time, maybe, that Greg has been on the podcast, and I keep bringing him back just because overall, he's a really awesome dude, a great guy and a super valuable asset to our seller community. And Greg and I are gonna be chatting about what to expect this Q4 on Amazon and how to prepare yourself to hopefully have lots of success and make lots of money. So that's kind of why we're all here, right? So we're gonna tackle a handful of topics related to that and that we hope you will find valuable and helpful. And also, if you guys uh, are a user of Jungle Scout like I am, you may have noticed recently a ton of new functionality and features being added to the software. Such cool stuff. Um, so if you haven't logged into it lately, make sure you do that and check it out. Lots of cool things being added. I know Greg and his team have been working super hard to add some of these new features. And uh, I know there's a lot more in the pipeline, which Greg will kind of talk about. Um, I know a lot of you guys also are in the market for some seller tools, whether you're a new seller or just looking to change it up a little bit. So if you are interested in a tool like Jungle Scout, my recommendation, don't ever pay full price for tools like that because I have some super awesome discount links that you guys can use for tools like Jungle Scout. Now, if that's the tool that you are specifically after, then you're gonna wanna do the following. You're gonna wanna go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash jungle. So type that in, check that out, and you can access some exclusive and specific deals that others don't have. So check it out, take advantage. And uh, also guys, wanna dive into a few things before we get to the conversation. So some important Q4 dates that you guys need to be aware of. Now, at this point, we are, again, officially into Q4, but here's some information from Amazon. So Amazon wants you to have your inventory in by November 6th, okay? So write that down, November 6th, so that it can be ready for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, kind of those big peak um, shopping days, okay? So if this is kind of your first rodeo uh, and you're thinking, well, why does Amazon want it in so early? Well, there's going to be tons and tons of sellers absolutely bombing the warehouses of Amazon with their inventory. So it does take a lot of effort for them to get it all checked in and moved around. So that's that's kind of the date that they throw out there that uh, 
they want you to have your inventory in by. So again, just make plans and preparation for that specifically. And uh, if you're not aware, this year's Black Friday is actually November 29th and Cyber Monday is on December 2nd. So write those dates down as well and uh, get some plans together around those dates. And we're going to be talking a lot about inventory. And that's really probably one of the most critical components of having a successful uh, Q4 selling season is inventory, which Greg and I will dive into. So the other thing though, if you're not aware, and I did post this in the Facebook group, but Q4 storage rates for FBA have gone up. Okay. So that's normal. Um, you know, Amazon does not want to be your warehouse for all of your inventory. So it's really important that you understand that, that you can't just simply bomb them with tons and tons of inventory without penalty, because that's going to eat away at your profits. So you need to have a little bit of a strategy around that, which Greg and I will get into. Okay. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to play my conversation now with Greg Mercer. And as always, after the conversation, I'll recap some of the key points and takeaways for you guys. So make sure you stick around to the very, very end. And of course, you can find the show notes at privatelabelershow.com forward slash 140. So let's get after it. Hey, everybody, I would like to welcome Mr. Greg Mercer of Jungle Scout to the show. Welcome, Greg. Thank you very much for having me on. I am excited to chat with you, and I know we have a lot of uh, awesome stuff to talk about this next hour or so. Very much so. Super excited about what we're going to get into today. Uh, you've been on the, the show a few times, Greg, but there may be some new people joining, maybe new sellers to the community. Can you kind of give your 30-second commercial to introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Yeah, we rewind all the way to college, went to school to be a civil engineer, got a job in that industry when I graduated. I just hated it. My whole life I've had like this strong entrepreneurial spirit. I love building businesses, wanted to kind of um, not be shackled to a cubicle and also have these limits of how much money I could make. Uh, so I've tried a few different entrepreneurial endeavors. A few of them failed. And the first one that really uh, caught any traction for me was selling physical products on Amazon. So I was able to replace my income by doing that. My wife and I were actually able to quit our, both quit our jobs. We sold our house. We started traveling around the world. We were running this business while living as digital nomads in different countries around the world and Airbnbs. That was really cool. And I, then one of the problems in my business was trying to decide what good opportunities there were on Amazon. And the result of this was Jungle Scout, which some of the listeners may be familiar with. So I'm the founder and CEO of Jungle Scout. I started this software tool to um, scratch my own itch to help me find product opportunities on Amazon or understand what's selling well on Amazon. And then if we fast forward all the way to today, I spend the majority of my brain power thinking about Jungle Scout. I still do have my Amazon business and continue to work in it to make sure I can kind of like stay relevant with the times. And uh, just because I also just really enjoy doing it. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit of my background. Awesome. Um, Jungle Scout, what have you guys been up to lately? A little, uh, actually a lot. I've kind of been uh, seeing some of the media you guys have been putting out. Um, you guys got some pretty exciting things, some training, uh, all things related. But uh, what are you guys up to lately that you might want to uh, tell the listeners about something that might interest them? 
Yeah. So, you know, Jungle Scout started as just a product research tool, um, started off as an extension that we build our web app as a lot of the product research tool. Um, over the years, we kind of built a few other tools. We also acquired a couple other brands. And then really for the past year, we've been working really hard to integrate all this different functionality uh, directly into Jungle Scout. So Jungle Scout today is much more of kind of like an all-in-one type tool. You know, not only does it help you find products, but also suppliers and keywords. And we have the in-app education now. And um, we're actually in the middle of an eight-week campaign where we're releasing a brand new product feature each week for eight weeks. And a lot of them are quite significant. Um, for example, next Tuesday, we're rolling out all of our sales analytics stuff. So Every, you know, um, you can see a product level, profitability, company level, you know, you can look at your P&L and your PPC spend, all this type of stuff in a really nice, easy to use dashboard. And um, following that, we have a lot of other exciting product releases too. So if you, you know, if you're listening to this show in the future, if you come visit uh, Jungle Scout, let's say, you know, towards the end of Q4 and this year in 2019, it much more resembles kind of this all-in-one tool, like everything you need to not only find new opportunities, but also optimize your business, grow your business, manage your business. And that's really what we're moving towards for Amazon sellers. So it's really exciting. We have um, definitely been very busy. The company just like grown like crazy. You know, it started less than five years ago and now it's uh, approaching 150 people working here. And a large part of that is our, um, developer and product teams that have been working really hard to build all this functionality. So we're really excited about it. You know, everything that we build, we got it with the mindset of we only want to get into this. if We feel like we can be the best in the entire industry at doing it. And I think a lot of the, the new stuff we're releasing uh, lives up to those expectations. That's great. Uh, 150 employees. I had no idea. So congratulations on that. I'm sure that's uh, very exciting and challenging in its own respect. So very, very cool. And yes, uh, I've seen you guys promoting a lot of this eight-week training stuff, so I recommend that the listeners go check that out. But uh, I want to dive into, you know, obviously it's what, uh, beginning of October here, and we are, we're in it. We're in Q4, the start of it. Obviously, we're going to be barreling into things like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and just kind of the chaos of e-commerce and the excitement of all that. So what I really wanted to do, Greg, is help the listeners out there, whether they're just, whether they're, you know, if this is their first go around at Q4 or maybe they're experienced, but I want to help the listeners out there have the best Q4 possible. And obviously you've got some experience uh, that you can share. I got some experience that we can share. And I kind of just wanted to put our collective minds together to cover a few topics that will help the listeners out again, be as successful as possible so they can maximize their sales and profit. Cause again, that's why we're all here. But, um, you know, you've been through a few of these. This isn't your first rodeo as we uh, dive into Q4 here. What, what should sellers expect heading into the busiest shopping season of the year? Just a few things of, you know, kind of what they can prepare themselves for. Yeah. So, you know, overall we're definitely going to be seeing increased sales during uh, it really starts to pick up towards the middle of November. And I'm actually, the listeners can't see, but I'm looking at this cool graph right in front of me that shows the number of 
daily sales on Amazon for every week all throughout the year. So it's really cool looking at this because I can kind of compare, okay, how does sales during Prime Day compare to Cyber Monday, to Black Friday, to the day before Christmas, that type of thing. Um, but we can dig a little bit more into the specifics in a minute. One of the things I've definitely realized in my own business and with working with a lot of sellers is it is definitely product specific or even category specific how well these items sell during Q4. So a question we you know typically get is like, okay, how much you know inventory do I need? And it really depends quite a bit. I know everyone hates that question, so I'll give some more details. But you know, as you can imagine, there's certain items that make really good gift items, and these are going to be the most popular ones are the the biggest influx in sales during Q4. Then there's other items that you know aren't as common for gifts. And um, oftentimes you'll see no increase or sometimes even a little bit of a decrease for some of those products. So that's something to kind of, um, you know, keep in mind the, you know, if we're just talking about big picture here real quick. Some other things to keep in mind is you want to make sure that you're not forgetting about Amazon's storage fees, which do increase during this time period. So you want to make sure that you're sell through solid and you don't have too much inventory there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's my favorite time of the year as an e-commerce seller Q4. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. The, uh, it's good that you mentioned the, or the, um, the storage fees. I believe I just posted something in the Facebook group about that. Cause I think October 1st, that kind of kicked in. Um, you know, the storage fees goes up dramatically and yes, that's something that could easily cut into your profits if you're overstuffed. So just kind of keep an eye on that. But uh, you mentioned that you're, you were looking at a, like a chart as far yeah. as like the busy days. Do you have uh, some of those key dates out there? Like uh, what can sellers expect in general, um, Black Friday or Cyber Monday, one day to be more dominant or is all kind of just like one big blur, one big, you know, busy time period at this point? Yeah. So I'll, I'll be happy to give you some numbers here that are in front of me. You know, the, these numbers are for Amazon as a whole. So these don't get into um, category or specific products, but as a whole, uh, so if we average the whole year of Amazon, we say, uh, or these numbers I'm gonna give, you know, the average of the entire year would be like 100%, okay? So on Prime Day, it worked out to be this year about 215%, okay? So quite a bit more than like an average day. In comparison, I have on here, Cyber Monday is about 185%. And then actually, once we get into December 8th, the sales are actually higher than what they are on Cyber Monday. That's when they go over 200%. They sustain those levels all the way up until December 22nd, which is about 260%. And then as you can imagine, starting on the 24th, um, it's actually back below 100%. So it gives you a little bit of ideas like Amazon as a whole. And you could kind of use those as like rough guidelines, right? For like what to expect in sales. But like I said, it really does depend on the specific products. Yeah. And something I want to throw out there for the listeners, uh, if you don't maybe remember last year or year before, uh, something to expect. Again, this is all, as Greg said, dependent upon what you are selling, but as a whole, just based on my own experiences, yes, you'll have a lull after the 24th for a little while. Cause you know, people are just kind of, you know, doing their thing with the family and they're not as in tune with shopping on Amazon or online. But, um, for my business, I notice, you know, kind of heading into January that it picks right back up again and things go 
pretty darn strong. So, you know, for the stuff that I sell, there isn't this massive drop off. And I know a lot of sellers kind of experience the same thing. Obviously the things that could equate to that might be, you know, people get gift cards around holiday time from friends and family. And what do they do? They go to Amazon, they start spending them. People also go to Amazon to, you know, just return items, but and then they might get credit. So they go back and, you know, buy other items if they're returning gifts and things like that. So just to let everybody know, like the, the party's not over as soon as, you know, uh, it peaks on like what you said, the 22nd or whatever. For a lot of us, we can kind of expect a, you know, a strong January, even in a February. So just to kind of give you a heads up on that as, as a listener out there, if you're not knowing what to expect and, you know, maybe kind of thinking of inventory, in, in that entire respect. So, which we'll dive into next there, but is that kind of what you see for, for your business, Greg, as well? Yeah, I think that's accurate. And actually some of the really interesting things when I looked at in the past is, um, you know, it'd be common for people to get like electronics items for Christmas around the holidays or um, other items like that. And actually, you know, things like Kindle books or cases for iPhones or different like accessories that people or like video games, different accessories that people want to get to add to common gift items oftentimes will actually sell better right after Christmas because yeah, people have a little bit, you know, maybe they got some gift money to spend and they want to buy a case for this new phone or buy, you know, what other, whatever other accessories. So that's pretty cool. And, um, I agree with everything else you said there, Nick, I think that's accurate. Yeah. And you know, I, just, if you're listening out there and if you are in, let's say in the office supply space, and that's where a lot of your products are, I used to work in that world, um, in, in my past life. And just to, just to throw it out there, if you're not experienced with that, uh, the, a lot of these companies, they get their new budgets start of the year. And what do they do? They start spending tons of money on their supplies, whatever they need to run their business. So if you're in that world of office supplies or anything related to it for helping businesses or small businesses function, um, you can expect, uh, just based on my experiences in my past, a very large bump January to February. So if you're, you know, this is your first go around, just kind of throwing things out there. So a lot of exciting things happening, um, you know, with, with all of that. And, you know, one of the things that we mentioned was inventory. So I want to kind of dive into that, Greg, uh, just because it's kind of, uh, it's, a, it's a touchy thing because we mentioned storage fees goes up and you don't want to lose all your profit by being over stocked. And on the other respect, you don't want to run out of inventory, you know, in the middle of December <laughs> and not have that inventory come in till, you know, maybe weeks later and miss out on all that potential profit. So it's kind of like, I would say inventory is one of the most critical components of having a successful Q4 and trying to get a grasp on that. And it it's, can be a little bit difficult to do, uh, to try to balance it. But uh, Greg, what, what should sellers do to properly forecast inventory levels to the best of their ability? Great question. I think there's a few things that you can do. So one, you know, you'd asked me earlier about what new stuff Jungle Scout is going on. We're actually really excited to be releasing new seasonality and trend data and graphs. Um, it's coming out, uh, let's see, 13 days from today from when we're recording this. So by the time you're uh, listening to this, it's probably only a few days away or has already been released. And I'm really excited about it because we've been able to figure out how to estimate search volume to a high level of degree of accuracy. And we can even go back about two years worth of data. So through that, we can really pick up on the trends and the seasonality associated with keyword search volume, which of course correlates heavily to uh, sales. So that's going to be really cool. So if you do have access to Jungle Scout, 
and um, you're listening to this, I'd recommend checking that out because that's a great way to gauge seasonality. The other way that you can do it, and this is the way I've done it historically, is um, again, if you use the Jungle Scout extension or a similar tool, you know, like inside of the Jungle Scout extension, you can click on the sales number in the sales column and you can see historical sales for that respective ASIN. And a lot of these will go all the way back to 2015. So pretty uh, a long ways. And what's beneficial about that is, of course, you can see how many units that particular ASIN sold during that time period. So, you know, what, what I like to do when I'm forecasting how much uh, inventory to have in stock, if I don't have uh, a year's worth of data for my own product, I wasn't selling it during last Q4, I like to click through and I like to look at all of the different sales data from my competitors or other people selling similar products and then use that to help gauge or help estimate how much inventory that all need. Okay. So just essentially just using the data in the tools there. Um, any other, any other tips? I mean, besides, uh, you know, your tools, but is there, are there any, um, any other uh, methods that they can do to kind of, let's just say this is their first go around yeah. and, and, you know, they're not sure they don't have jungle scout yet. I mean, what would you recommend? Yeah. Yeah, if I didn't have any of the tools, uh, one thing you can do for free is use Google Trends. Um, you know, of course, the search, uh, the search history or the search behavior on Google's not gonna isn't gonna directly reflect Amazon, but it's still like a little bit of an indicator for you. So you can use that. And then if you really don't want to use any of that stuff and you're like, Greg, just give me the answer of like how much extra sales I should expect. You know, looking at my graph here, if you just want to take the average of all of Amazon sales data, you can expect about um, a, you can expect about double sales starting, we'll call it Black Friday up to Christmas Eve. So if you want to do it just the really crude way, then, you know, according to all of Amazon, that's a pretty good gauge. Gotcha. Um, in, in respect to the in, inventory, you know, obviously Amazon doesn't want to be our warehouses per se. So we're trying to have that just in time inventory down to, you know, to assign to the best of our ability, because again, we want to maximize profit. But, um, you know, if somebody is ordering, let's say large amounts of inventory, just because that's what they're forecasting, and based on, you know, kind of some of the tools and data that they have, would you say that they should be looking potentially into some offsite uh, warehouses to kind of keep their extra inventory stored instead of just dumping it all on Amazon? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, short answer, yes. You know, the storage fees for Q4 are at such a point that it is oftentimes less expensive just to store the goods at an external warehouse, at least during this time period. Um, you know, also a lot of the sellers that, you know, we work with will also, you know, with only a few SKUs, if they have extra room in their garage, they might even store it, you know, at uh, their own garage or I've heard other sellers even just rent uh, storage space from um, one of those companies that, you know, typically storage like home goods or whatever else. So you can do something like that if you want to get scrappy. Alternatively, you know, you can, uh, if you just Google it, there's lots of warehouses that will store inventory on pallets for you. Now, a lot of these warehouses rates uh, do also increase during that time period. So you have to keep that in mind, but it's usually quite a bit less than what Amazon does. So yeah, I think that's a great way, you know, a great thing to keep in mind when you're trying to minimize these fees. 
if you're a if you're getting to the point where you have multiple SKUs and you're shipping quite a bit from China or anywhere else overseas, something else that's lo- worth looking into, it's, it's at this point it's too late for this year, but worth looking into for next year, is there are a number of services that can consolidate shipments for you in, um, like in China or in Hong Kong. So actually what I've now been able to do is send a full container to these um, warehouses and they'll then actually be able to uh, one store the goods for me at a rate that's cheaper than what I can store it for here in the US and the other thing that they're able to do is they're able to ship like a container to me each week and that container that week will have like a dozen different SKUs in it, but only like 100 or 200 units of each of those individual SKUs. So instead of getting like a full container that maybe has 1500 or 2000 or 2500 units in it, and unloading that all at Amazon at the same time, uh, if you're to the point where you have multiple SKUs and you want to get a little bit more sophisticated with it, that's how you can do it. You can consolidate these uh, containers and you can send, um, yeah, just a lot, uh, or you know, like, uh, instead of, yeah, I think you're following here, but you know, instead of just like one container that's supposed to last three months, it's like just a a 10th of that, but it, you know, one ships every other week type of thing. Yeah. You're just dripping it in. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I think if somebody's listening out there and you're kind of nervous about this inventory thing, my, my advice, I don't know if you'd back me on this, Greg, or if you'd agree, but I'd rather have, you know, too much inventory at Amazon than not enough and running out of stock. Okay. So like, you know, if you're just, kind of getting your feet wet and, and yeah, the fees are kind of high and that could eventually eat into some of your profits, which yeah, we, we don't want necessarily, but I'd rather have an overabundance of inventory again than running out of stock in the middle of December or at the beginning of December because you didn't order enough or what have you. So that's just kind of my train of thought on that. And you know, if, if that happens, oh, well, I guess you learn better for next time based on your SKUs that you're going to be selling maybe the following year to, you know, try to have a, a grasp on how much you're going to need. But uh, yeah, you just, you just want to have a plan. And if, you, if that's just uh, finding an offsite warehouse to drip feed that inventory in as you need it, then you have that there. But uh, yeah, I would, I would err on the side of having a little bit too much inventory than completely under ordering and being like, oh my God, I wish I had <laughs> a couple extra thousand units. And again, that's not going to be done you know, for your new order for a long time, because everybody's, you know, placing orders and things like that. And something else to keep in mind too, is just with reordering, um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, we got Chinese new year kind of coming right out of, right out of, uh, the end of the year. And that, you know, that's kind of, uh, another thing that can take into consideration for reorders just to make sure that you're fully replenished, you know, kind of coming out of Q4 as well. So, yeah, actually I had, as you were talking, I immensely, Nick, was thinking the same thing. I just uh, jotted it down on a piece of paper because, you know, everyone's so focused on the Q4 sales, of course, is the busiest time that uh, a lot of times they'll forget to put in new orders with the factory because they'll, you know, they don't realize that they're closed for almost a month during uh, Chinese New Year. So, yeah, it's kind of tough because, you know, right around the busiest time, let's call it the middle of December is also when you need to be uh, inputting those last orders that you want to get shipped before Chinese New Year. Yeah. So what I would suggest is just get with your your supplier rep. Um, if you guys are listening out there, find out when they will specifically be unavailable because it does vary between suppliers on 
when they're going to be off for the Chinese New Year. So if you're, you know, this is your first go around in this, yeah, you'll have to have plans, like Greg said, sometime in December for those reorders because, uh, you know, they do have at least a couple of weeks off depending and um, they're going to be getting caught up on orders and things like that. So you don't want to have it be where you start off the new year where, you know, you blew through so much inventory and you had a great Q4, but you're like, oh, wow, I, I won't have stock now for, for weeks. And that's not a good position to be in. You kind of just want to maintain. So anything else that we can add on inventory, any other tips or do we kind of uh, cover a lot of it there, you think, Greg? I think we covered the majority of it. Uh, I, I think the last thing I'll say is that good inventory management is pretty challenging. Okay. Like it's, you know, I've been selling on Amazon for uh, almost seven years now and uh, it's still something that I, uh, I feel like I haven't mastered it and probably never will master it. And I still get frustrated because of high storage fees sometimes and other times I'm out of stock and it's like a pretty challenging thing, especially if you're new. So the last thing I'll just kind of say about it is just keep that in mind that it is a difficult and tricky thing you know, over time, the more you work with the factory and the more you understand how well your products can sell during different times of the year, the, you know, the better at it you'll get. So don't get discouraged, you know, try your best you can with it and just know that, uh, that it's kind of like a challenging thing for everybody. Yeah, totally agree there. Um, let, let's move on to some listing optimization topics here, um, in regards to Q4 and kind of the holiday theme stuff specifically. So I think it kind of gets, said a lot in the community, you know, Hey, you got to have an optimized listing. Okay. It's like, okay, great. Right. But, um, what does that specifically mean? And can we do things that are targeted towards our holiday shoppers to help our products and our listings stand out versus the competition? So I want to dive into some listing optimization stuff specifically Again, holiday time, you know, people are in that mood, you know, gift giving and all this and that. And if you have a product that's giftable, that's great. Um, you know, I was just kind of thinking about this with, let's say, product images specifically or just anything to do with the listing and the copy. Uh, you know, should sellers consider getting specific images or even videos created for the holiday selling season? Like, is that something that we should be kind of looking at as sellers? Yeah, good question. I've never personally done anything like that. Uh, the one thing that when we say images create specifically for the holiday season that I have done that has worked quite well is by creating uh, multi-packs. So, you know, this is actually, a, I think a piece of low hanging fruit for a lot of people is to sell whatever goods they're selling in multi-packs. So you can buy a two pack of it or a three pack of it or whatever else as variations on the same listing. And what I've done is, you know, I'll usually do like, okay, if you buy a, a two pack, it's priced at a 10% discount compared to if you were just to add two singles to your cart. And I've actually found that it makes a pretty big difference that there's a lot more people who will end up purchasing, you know, the two pack or the three pack. And the other thing that I like to do is call that out specifically on one of the images on my detail page, usually like my second or third image. I'll just put like a little, you know, design block on there that says, you know, like save 10%, order the two pack or something along those lines. The other thing that you can do is you can actually advertise a coupon in the same place. So if you have a coupon that is, you know, 10% off if you buy two type of thing, then I would recommend like calling that out specifically on one of your images because you'll find that a lot more people end up using it 
it, especially during times like Black Friday and Cyber Monday when they're looking for these deals. They'll probably think that those are kind of specific for those times. And they're also just in the mood of spending money, but they're also in the mood of looking for like a good deal. So I think that's a cool way to increase the amount of sales you're getting um, for those multi-packs. That's great. Um, you know, regards to like, let's say sales copy specifically as well. Uh, have you ever, or would you consider if you are a seller kind of updating just some points in your, maybe some bullet points or things like that to kind of express that your item is, you know, a giftable item or, you know, great for the holidays, that type of thing. So that as customers are ran it, you know, kind of skimming listings and things like that, they kind of see and, and feel that, Hey, this is a great item to give as gifts. Like, would you update sales copy at all just to kind of reflect that just so people can kind of connect those dots? Would you, would you, uh, have you ever done anything like that? You know, I, I, to be honest, I personally have not. However, I have seen other sellers do it and it probably is worth doing if you, you know, consider, all right, it would only take a, you know, 30 seconds to do for each one of your listings if that just helps with a few additional sales or even same thing on the images. Like you said, you know, I haven't personally done that before, but maybe I, or I probably should this year is, you know, on the, the second or third image, make sure to call out like makes a great gift or you can even call out things uh, like in your image that shows the packaging that's, uh, you know, says something like uh, well packaged for a gift or something along those lines. You know, I can see where if, a shopper was trying to decide between a couple of different products on Amazon. One specifically called out that it has great packaging for gift giving and it makes a great gift that they might be a little bit more likely to purchase that one. So I actually think that's a really good idea. I just haven't personally done it before. Yeah. And I, I, I see sometimes people, um, some of my competitors have done that with like, I know there's a lot of, a lot of rules with images specifically, especially like your main image where you want to kind of keep it to what Amazon wants. But I've even seen people do like a little ribbon, they'll put little ribbons, like gift yeah, ribbons somewhere in the image. And it's, it's kind of catches your eyes or scanning and things like that. And, you know, obviously that's do that at your own risk if you're, if you're going to be doing that on your main image. But uh, yeah, it's just little things like that. I've seen competitors do. Um, I've kind of messed with that a little bit in the past as well. And I think this year for me specifically, I might get an image or two made up for each product that kind of maybe expresses or shows some of that uh, gift giving and somebody giving it to somebody. Obviously the item's got to be giftable. It can't be just some weird like kitchen random accessory, you know, <laughs> like a, you know, something for the sink or whatever. That doesn't make sense. So I guess it's dependent upon each item. Um, you know, if it's, if it's a tech item, obviously, you know, that's something you'd probably want to do if it's giftable. But yeah, I would just advise people to kind of on their listings kind of showcase Hey, you know, it's a holiday season try to connect those dots. And again, if somebody is deciding between your product and maybe a few other, your competitors, and you're kind of pointing that, that out that, Hey, this is a great holiday item. Then maybe it does lead to a few more sales. Like we talked about there. Uh, and you did mention coupons. So, uh, are you talking about like the standard promo, uh, promo codes that we used to have or that have been around a while, or what are your thoughts on you know, making sure that we're running the new coupons like that have came out about a year ago or so, like with, I think they're green or orange or can't remember what they are today, but um, have you uh, had any plans or you, you plan on using those types of coupons on your listings this year? Yeah, I have. And those are actually specifically the ones that I was talking about okay. um, when I mentioned that were like the newer coupons that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can um, kind of uh, display them, right? You can set different budgets and, uh, you can schedule them for certain days and you can say you have to, you know, like purchase two to get 10% off or whatever else. 
Um, so yeah, those are the ones that I was talking about and those work uh, quite well, especially around uh, any discount periods. I actually did that for a lot of my products during Prime Day. And you know, you never really know for sure because I didn't, it's not like I could really properly like A-B test it for those days. But I do believe that they had an impact. I saw quite a few of them being redeemed during that time period. And if I looked at my sales versus some of my competitors or whatever else, I, uh, I do believe that they worked quite well. Great. And then what about, uh, should, should the uh, listeners out there, if they got some products going, should they raise their, would you recommend they raise their prices uh, during holiday season? Have you done that in the past and kind of noticed, uh, you know, an increase in profit? Yeah, I have done that in the past. When I, I usually do it to try to slow down sales a little bit if I think that it, I'm going to run out of inventory because it's selling better than I thought. You know, a lot of people do run out of inventory, especially on some of like the, uh, the really popular gift items or toy items. I have a few toy items and it's like, oh my gosh, some of those sell so much better during, uh, you know, that November, December timeframe than what they do the rest of the year. And what I found was like a lot of my competitors ran out of stock and the, those are like prime candidates, especially after people are running out of stock to increase in price. And oftentimes you'll see your competition raising their prices as well. All right. Okay. Great way to increase some profits there for you guys. So yeah, it might be, uh, it might be item specific. So as Greg mentioned, if the competition's all running out of stock, then yeah, you can bump your prices a little bit because people are kind of in that, uh, I got to get something and they're just going to buy, you know, so yeah, they don't, exactly. they, they'll yeah, take advantage. I, I tend to not do it, uh, earlier on during like the Q4 period because, you know, you want to be careful. You're not doing anything to hurt your, um, keyword rank, you know, during that time period and an increased price likely will hurt your conversion rate a little bit, which, um, you know, at least I believe is a, a main factor in Amazon's keyword search ranking. However, uh, so I, I try not to do that earlier on during the Q4 period, but towards the, towards the end of it, I think that's like a prime time to do it. Excellent. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned keyword ranking there. That's kind of what I want to get into real quick next. Um, obviously, we all know that if we're shopping, not just today, but you know, around any of the holiday times as, as shoppers ourselves, we very, you know, if we're looking for uh, a widget or a grill brush or, or whatever, we very rarely on Amazon or really any other site go to, you know, page two or to page three to find products. Like we very rarely, it's basically page one for the most part. Um, so sellers and listeners, you guys obviously need to understand that if you are not ranked page one for any keywords or a lot of your main keywords that you're trying to target, uh, you're just not going to collect on as many sales as you would like to. So that's a real critical component kind of leading up to all this traffic that's going to be coming to the platform. You need to be visible in one way or another, either with PPC or organic ranking on page one. Okay. So I'm going to talk just a little bit about that. So, it, you know, would you recommend kind of leading up to, let's just say, you know, some of these key kickoff dates, uh, as we kind of barrel into, you know, October now into uh, November, when things really start to pick up, should sellers have a plan to get ranked higher 
so that they're visible when this traffic comes? And if so, like what's some, what are some of those things that sellers can do to get their products ranked? Great questions. And, you know, I would say if you're not ranking well for some of the main keywords and the most relevant keywords, then yes, I would recommend doing things to help you get ranked better. And the time to do it is now, or I mean, it's really always the time to do it, but you'd rather do it now than waiting toward till kind of like the last minute. So, you know, there's a lot of different trains of thought of there around what Amazon takes into account or what they care about most when it comes to keyword search ranking. My belief through, you know, our research here at Jungle Scout is that it comes down to a few things. One's keyword relevancy. So Amazon's pretty darn smart about what your product really is, you know, regardless of um, if you added a whole bunch of extra keywords in there or not, you know, they're using things like the, the subcategories and of course all of the the keywords that you put in there, but also the conversion rate after you use your search for that keyword. So one, of course, is keyword relevancy. And the other important factors, in my opinion, is your sales velocity. So how quickly this item's selling or how much you're selling. The conversion rate of the listing. So there's a lot of factors that go into conversion rate, right? Like this is your reviews for social proof and your price and your pictures and all this different type of stuff. And then I also believe they take into account historical sales velocity. I have some pretty good data to support that claim. So when we think about, okay, that's what Amazon cares about when they're thinking about how to rank my product. It's like, okay, well, what can we do to increase each of these individual areas? Um, historical sales volume, you don't have a lot of control over that at this point. So I think we could probably focus on current sales volume as well as conversion rate. And, you know, in those areas when we're thinking about increasing our sales volume, we can do things like um, bid more aggressively on our PPC terms or, or expand our keyword selection for our PPC campaigns. We can think about running external coupons or promotions. Um, the Jungle Scout actually has a platform built in now to be able to give out coupons to bargain hunters. So that's a way you could like help get additional sales. Or of course, you could use one of the other tools out there to do it. You can think about running external traffic either through paid ads or if you have a different platform to do so. These would all be ways to help us increase our sales volume. And now we're thinking about conversion rate. You know, a lot of that goes back to having a competitively priced product and a well-optimized listing. And I don't think we have time on this podcast to like really dive into the depths of that. But those are really the things you want to be thinking about when you're thinking about the um, your keyword search ranking. And I, you know, when I first started selling on Amazon, this probably isn't something that like I spent enough time on over the years. I've like dove into this quite a bit more, especially with like my own products. And this is actually a um, a keyword search rank tracker and graph is actually one of the features that Jungle Scout's releasing during this uh, eight week series. So it's coming out in a few weeks. So if you guys have Jungle Scout, you'll also be able to track all your keywords for your ASINs right in there, which is pretty cool. But it's an important thing to keep note on. You know, it's like, who's ahead of you? Why do you think they're ahead of you? Uh, is their listing likely converting better? What are they doing? Digging into those things and also monitoring how the different changes you make affect that are all, you know, important things you should be thinking about. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you mentioned pay-per-click and just driving some external traffic through coupons, 
things like that. Uh, I think, well, we're at the beginning of October here. So you guys have, if you're list depends upon when you're listening to this, but if you have products that are kind of just, you know, kind of treading water out there and you really want to maximize, again, you want to kind of time it out. So that way you can drive your keyword ranking from those critical keywords towards that page one. So those are things that you can monitor and put action plans in place to make happen. Because again, once those customers all come, they're just like you and I, like we're shopping page one. And if you want to take advantage of the traffic windfall, if you're not on page one for for a lot of products, like you kind of don't exist. So you'll still get sales because there's a lot of long tail keywords that you might be ranking well on. But some of your, you know, your main ones that you're trying to go after. Yes, these are things that you'd be doing anyways, regardless, but it's a great time to get refocused maybe for some of those stale products out there that you've kind of been neglecting if you got a lot of SKUs or things like that to get them, um, you know, ranked properly. And yes, there's lots of different ways of doing that, but really just need to connect on a lot of sales and drive that traffic and things kind of take care of themselves when you do that, as we were talking about there. But what I want to do is I want to, I want to dive into like, you know, it's a holiday selling season. So things are kind of exciting, right? And a lot of us, some of us, you know, we might have uh, audiences of our own that we're building through email lists, things like that, maybe many chat, or maybe if it's a, it's a brand that you have that you, uh, you're building up, maybe you have some sort of a, a following on, I don't know, Facebook or YouTube or whatever. But um, Greg, I'm not sure how your product assortments are laid out, but obviously this is the time to consider driving that external traffic, those audiences that you have, or maybe if you don't even have an audience, it's just borrowing somebody else's audience. And obviously, you know, we're trying to drive excitement, drive traffic to Amazon, to our offers, to entice customers to buy. But, uh, you know, what, do you have any strategies that you normally do to kind of help you bring that extra traffic to your listings around this time as, you know, customers are into the buying frenzy? Yeah, you know, it really depends on uh, what kind of audience that you've built up and what means you usually go about um, communicating with them, right? You named a few different ones there. I think, uh, you know, when you were talking, it's uh, I guess if you're listening to this and it's like, okay, I don't have any kind of external audience myself. Uh, when you're talking about, you know, borrowing other people's audiences, you can reach out to people who would be, uh, be open to like uh, affiliates for your particular product. So of course they can get an affiliate commission from Amazon, but you can actually sweeten the deal and try to give them some kind of uh, additional affiliate commission from that. Nick, I don't know if you've seen it, but I um, signed up for the Amazon attribution beta program, which actually gives you tracking links to see how many units have been sold through different links. So that works, that makes it work out really well that you could, um, you can really, you can actually double up a Amazon affiliate link with these Amazon attribution links. And that's a way you could potentially entice people who already have an audience that is interested in your style of product to promote it to their audience. So that's something you can be thinking about. Um, yeah. If you don't have an audience of your own to promote to. Yeah, I did see the attribution. I kind of dove into it initially and then I went, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that later. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool though. Cause you know, historically we're talking about driving outside traffic to Amazon. Really the only way you could do it is try to like sign up for your own Amazon affiliate account. That was a little bit of a gray area. It wasn't real clear whether that was allowed by Amazon or not. Sometimes they would ban your Amazon affiliate accounts because of that. And then it's like, okay, now we're just basing it off clicks, but we really know the conversion rate. So all that was tough. So I was really happy to see when they came out with that program because now we can actually measure 
the uh, the traffic that we're sending to our products. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I want to talk uh, about PPC here because I think obviously that's just a fantastic way to to get your product shown to take a take advantage of that real estate that we're all trying to capture on Amazon. So when it comes to pay per click. You know, we know that uh, people are going to be bidding like crazy, all your competitors. So yes, the prices are going to probably be going up, you know, for your clicks and things like that. But uh, how should sellers think about approaching pay-per-click during the Q4 season? Obviously, I recommend you run it all the time. You know, all I, I do on all my products, you know, all, all day long. So I know people might have different strategies, but uh, pay-per-click is a great way to, to get shown, you know, page one. And if you're willing to pay for it, you know, you can get ranked at the top or wherever Amazon's going to put you. But how should sellers approach pay-per-click? Should they, you know, widen their budget? Should they um, just expand their net for the, the keywords that they're targeting? I mean, what, what would you advise? Yeah, the only thing that I would really advise to do differently during this hot holiday period is to increase your daily budget. Because similar to Prime Day, where a lot of people run out of budget early, the same thing will be happening during uh, Q4 just because there's more traffic and there's, there's getting more clicks there. As a result, those who have increased their daily budgets will still be showing you know, kind of late in the day um, or when other people have already run out of budget. So that's a really good thing to do. Um, you know, there's, you know, we could record a whole another episode or multiple episodes on different ways that you should be continuously optimizing and expanding your PPC campaigns. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that you should be doing those always, you know, all year long and definitely not wait for Q4. And really the same is true now that, you know, the optimization process for your PPC campaigns is a little bit slow, right? Because, you know, you have to get a certain amount of sales to really know and the attribution's a little delayed. So same thing, you know, like, the time to be really optimizing those campaigns, expanding those campaigns is now. And it's not, um, you know, the, the week before Black Friday, you're like, oh man, I need to really, you know, uh, figure right, all right. this out and get it optimized or whatever else. So the time to be thinking about all that's now. Yeah, totally agree. You need the data and it does take a while to accumulate the, the data to, to know how things are performing. So it's actually one of the things I'm working on tomorrow with a few things kind of kind of uh, evaluating some of that because yeah, if you increase budgets, but you have leaky campaigns and you're just going to be blowing even more money, which, you know, that's not good. So yes, right. you want to make sure things are tight, as tight as possible. Um, you know, obviously if you only have, you know, one or two products, it's, it's pretty easy to manage and maintain that. But if you're listening to this and, you know, you kind of uh, went crazy this year and launched a ton of products and, you don't really know how things are going to perform or whatever. And you're trying to manage all the PPC on that. Yeah. You, you definitely want to spend time investing into that now, whether you're doing it yourself or you're paying somebody, but uh, yeah, it's really important because yeah, there's going to be such a huge influx of traffic that if you don't have a dialed in PPC campaign, you're just going to have potentially a lot of blown clicks and a lot of money gone from your bottom line that you're going to be going, Oh, that sucks. Like you're going to look at your reports and go, man, so you want to try to minimize that as best as possible and tighten it up now, get the data, as Greg said, and that way you'll have uh, slightly more optimized PPC campaigns as we go forward into, you know, as the, as the traffic increases over the next, you know, few weeks and months. Absolutely. So 
Greg, anything else in regards to, you know, building excitement for our products to, you know, maybe external audiences, traffic, or like anything else that we want to mention that maybe things that you've done in the past that have worked to try to, you know, drive extra sales or like what, what other uh, final pieces of advice could you offer on this topic? You know, I don't think I've uh, really any kind of hidden tactics to drive additional sales to my products um, that we kind of haven't already discussed or that like I'm a firm believer in that they work really well. Uh, I think the thoughts that I'll leave the the audience with though is, you know, we've mentioned this a few times before, but the time, or I guess, um, the time to be really like kind of optimizing these listings and really like your Amazon business as a whole, if you want to get ready for Q4 is now. I'm actually just off the, I presented some information on a webinar I did yesterday about this, um, this project that I was doing that I took one of our products that was converting around three or 4%. And over the series of adjustments, mainly due to the photos, I was actually able to decrease that to like 15%. And I think a lot of times, you know, listeners or sellers, entrepreneurs, they're always looking for this like one silver bullet. But you know, my biggest takeaway from like doing that project and kind of reporting on it is there wasn't like one thing I did that, you know, it's like, oh, this made my conversion rate shoot up from 30 or from 3% to 15. Right, right. It was like a series of like a dozen different changes and optimizations that I made over the course of three months until I was able to achieve those results. But it was just kind of like proof that it is possible, but it does take work. You know, you do have to do work to it. And there's not like one silver bowl that just changes this overnight, but it definitely can be like affected and changed over time. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I agree with you 100% there. You know, if you make a small little tweak, it might drive an extra sailor tour day or something like that. But if you start to kind of stack those, those tweaks and adjustments and optimizations, you know, two, three, four, five different little things that you do over time. And now you can really start to build some some uh, additional sales that it's kind of, you know, kind of like a snowball effect, if you will, you know, you're driving that, uh, driving that keyword ranking and things just kind of, you know, it's like a snowball, man. It just goes down the hill totally. and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, people are always looking for that one magic bullet, as you said, into the silver bullet. And it's, it's typically not there. It's just doing a lot of little things well and doing them better, you know, than, than your competition. And, and it kind of just takes care of itself after that. Absolutely. So, uh, Greg, any other words of wisdom you could offer the sellers out there to help them make this an amazing Q4? I know we covered, you know, a lot of, a lot of random ground here. We talked about inventory. We talked about listing optimization stuff, some keyword stuff, a little bit of traffic, but, uh, you know, any, any advice, whether somebody, maybe it's somebody's first time, they don't really know what to expect. They're a little nervous. They hear everybody talking about the, you know, the, the craziness, like any words of wisdom you could offer those, yeah. uh, those sellers out there to help them kind of maximize their, uh, their results. The words of wisdom I'll give you is that, um, if it's your first time, you know, the beautiful thing about using FBA is there's not a lot to worry about. You know, I, my parents actually had their own e-commerce store in a little warehouse they were fulfilling uh, products from. And Q4 for them sucked because like everyone was working late nights in the warehouse to get everything shipped. And the beauty of Amazon FBA is they're handling almost all the customer support. They're handling all the pick packing and shipping. So it's nothing to be scared of. It's actually like the most exciting time of the year because you typically do see sales increase 
And, um, you know, as far as the inventory stuff goes, hopefully I didn't scare new people there because at the end of the day, you know, ultimately you just do your best with it and you'll either probably have a little bit too much or not enough and you run out of stock. Either way, it's not the end of the world by any means. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be, uh, Amazon's biggest Q4 ever because they continue to just grow like crazy year over year and I'm excited for it. So thanks a lot. Yeah, totally excited as well. I hope the listeners are crazy excited. It's going to be awesome. And I hope everybody makes you know a lot of money and has a lot of success with it. Uh, Greg, uh, this has been awesome. Uh, where, where can sellers go to learn more about Jungle Scout? Obviously, they can go to junglescout.com, but are there any, uh, any specific, maybe, uh, I don't know, YouTube videos or, or things that they can kind of do yeah. to supplement what we talked about here today or anything else you want to promote? Yeah, a few of the cool things I have is um we've uh, we did this we've done this really cool case study called the million dollar case study. It's gone four seasons where we've publicly launched products. So if you're interested in just learning more about selling on Amazon or even just growing your business, that's a great resource to do so. Uh, we're pretty darn active on our YouTube channel. Just search for Jungle Scout on YouTube. We're posting videos a couple times a week, and then we're also in the, right in the middle of this eight week. Uh, series with a webinar, live webinar each week where we're launching one new product feature. So if you're listening to this and it was just released, I'd recommend you uh, go to the website. You'll actually see it right there on the homepage where to sign up for it. But we're all really excited about it. Like I said, we're have, you know, we've been working on all these features and functionality for a long period of time and a lot of them are ready at about the same time. So it's a really exciting time for Jungle Scout. If you're a user, uh, you'll see a lot of new functionality inside of the tool. I think you'll start to see it much more of kind of like this all-in-one type tool. And maybe if you use Jungle Scout a few years ago and haven't seen it since, I'd recommend checking it out because you um, will barely recognize it anymore, all of the new stuff that we've added and all the new improvements we've made. So yeah, check it out. And uh, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you having me on, Nick. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Very grateful for, uh, for you and for Jungle Scout and the community. You guys put out some amazing content. I know uh, I watch Lenny all the time there. I believe that's his name on the YouTube awesome. channel. Yeah. <laughs> He's fantastic. So um, yeah, guys, anything that we mentioned here, you guys know the drill. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes, kind of link up to anything that we talked about. Uh, but yeah, Greg, thank you so much. Again, you're an extremely valuable asset to the community and uh, you know, very grateful every time we have you here on the podcast. I know the listeners love hearing you and uh, we will do it again sometime, but obviously uh, things are going to get a little crazy coming up over the next few weeks and months. So we wish you nothing but the best and to your success with uh, your, your business and, and all things that you guys are doing. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay. Goodbye. Okay, wow. Thanks again for spending a little bit of time with us today, Greg. We really appreciate it. Now, what I want to do is just highlight a few important points for you guys from our conversation. And it's really important that after you get done listening to this podcast today that you collect your thoughts and come up with a specific game plan and start taking action. Okay, the time is now. So the key to having a successful Q4, in my opinion, is to have a specific plan and then execute that plan to the best of your ability. So the first thing that I want to highlight is inventory. And we talked a lot about how critical it is to try to get this right. Because you don't want to run out of inventory, let's say in the middle of December. And you lose out on all those potential sales and profit that you can get. But 
On the flip side, you don't want to have so much inventory that you're just getting annihilated by FBA storage fees. So this is a really difficult thing to kind of master. Okay. So Greg's suggestion, my suggestion, take a look to the best of your ability. If you have some tools that you can pull up the previous year's sales of your product or even competitors, if you need to, to try to understand what you can expect on a day-to-day -day basis as the season kind of builds. And that way you can more accurately determine how many units you're going to need to order. Now, just keep in mind that this is probably going to be Amazon's biggest Q4 and holiday selling season ever. So whatever you did last year, maybe, uh, you know, bump that up just a little bit beyond that. And uh, on top of that, have a strategy or have a plan for that inventory. So you might want to, you know, not dump it all into Amazon FBA all at once. You may want to have uh, some offsite warehouse options where you can store your excess inventory and then drip feed that into FBA to kind of uh, stave off the, you know, the, the, the large storage fees there. So that way you can kind of maximize your profits. So look into that. And then also we talked about Chinese New Year that comes up real fast uh, after the craziness of the holiday selling season. So if you're not familiar, Chinese New Year, basically a lot of the uh, suppliers in China will be unavailable for several weeks. And, uh, you know, that, that, that can be an issue if you're not prepared for it. So consider placing the order for more inventory sometime near the end of December. So that way you can get that next order ready to rock and roll and you won't have any hiccups then or any delays because of the Chinese New Year um, production stoppage. So make sure you have a plan for that. And uh, now just a few other points that I kind of want to highlight here. So if you have like a giftable item, it's very giftable, uh, you may want to consider kind of optimizing or customizing your listing to highlight that. So that could be like updating some of your images to uh, showcase your item being given as a gift for the holidays, okay? So that customer can visually see that as they're browsing your images. So they'll connect the dots like, hey, this would be a perfect gift for so-and-so or what have you, okay? Uh, you may also wanna tweak your sales copy a little bit to reflect that as well, saying, hey, you know, this is a, a great item to give for the holidays or, or what have you. Or if you really wanna take it further, maybe even if you have a capability to do this, you might want to have somebody create you a video, find somebody to do that, uh, kind of just, just for the holiday selling season. So it all kind of depends upon your item on how you want to approach that, but you can definitely drive extra sales by shouting that your item is giftable. And, um, you know, as customers browse, they'll see that. And if they're comparing your item to a similar item and yours is kind of shouting that stuff, you may convert on additional sales because of that. Another thing that I want to highlight, uh, we talked a little bit about PPC. So there's going to be an influx of traffic. And if you're using pay-per-click, which I'd highly recommend, um, you may want to increase your budgets. But instead of just increasing your budgets, you're going to really need to make sure that your campaigns are super tight and heavily optimized because otherwise you could just be blowing tons of money on improperly optimized campaigns, which isn't good because that's just going to eat right into your uh, profits. So Greg suggested get on that stuff now. Uh, if you want to start expanding some of your campaigns, kind of casting a wider net, but just really refining uh, that data that you get. Make sure you're running your reports constantly as that data comes in and making those adjustments to your bids and um, all that good stuff underneath the PPC umbrella. 
So other things too that we highlighted, just want to throw out there again, uh, I would definitely recommend that you run coupons and promotions, things like that. It's the holiday time. People are looking for deals, right? They're, they, they're looking for those deals. So if you're putting coupons on your products, things like that, uh, let the customer win. Um, and that's just really going to help you convert on additional uh, sales there. So people want the deals. And, uh, you know, Greg did mention that if your competition runs out of stock, they're all running out of stock in the middle of December and you're, you know, you got tons of inventory, then you may want to consider raising your price a little bit. Okay. So that's something to consider. And obviously by doing that, if you raise a little bit, you're going to generate extra profit for yourself, which is awesome. Okay. So I'm about to wrap this episode up here again. I hope you guys have a fantastic Q4. I hope you knock it out of the park, making it your biggest and best ever. Again, it's all about preparation, having that plan and then executing. So if there are additional questions that you want answered or you want to continue the conversation about Q4, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, a little bit more what to expect, then jump over to our Facebook group. Just simply go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB and request to get joined up. We'll get you in the group and you can definitely share any of your thoughts, experiences, opinions, questions that you have in regards to what we talked about here today. So that about does it guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll talk to you in the next episode later. This episode of the Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.